Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. And of course, it's a big day in Seattle because it's oh, the yeah. first Seahawks game. Woohoo! Right? Yes. Yeah, you can tell I'm not a sports fan. I'm like, you know. I mean, I am a fan of people having fun sure. and enjoying themselves and wearing fun costumes like, you know, football costumes. jerseys. And... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, Marie. Well, cute shirts. Thank you much. Marie. I appreciate that because I do look adorable in my You do in my look jersey. adorable. Thank you. I really like it. Thank yeah, you. It's gorgeous. And matching shoes. And matching shoes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Lindley, Lindley doesn't even know, but yeah, I had some custom <laughs> shoes done for You're today. You're kidding. No, check oh out those laces. Pretty those dope, are right? Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they are gorgeous. On the webcam. Oh, my gosh. On the webcam. Woo! There you go. Yeah. And as Benny reminded me, we have a Super Bowl you know, trophy to protect. We do. We have to so defend it. Defend the trophy so that nobody else gets it. So this is a big day in Seattle history. And so who are we playing? We are playing Green Bay, the Packers. Oh, my gosh. They are very, very good team. A lot of cheeseheads in town. So, you know, it's <laughs> wow. the way it works. And one for the road. We'll put in a hawk sound effect. There we go. Thank Love you very much. It. Only the one time for the show because I don't want to, like, <laughs> scare everybody off. You know, like, why are all those hawks? Hey, it's okay. Save that for Halloween. We're going to need that okay. sound. That's going to be great. Totally fine. So you might be dreaming about the Seahawks lately. I mean, I, I think a lot of Seattleites yeah. probably are. Did you Have you had some Seahawk dreams lately? Uh, not per se, but, I mean, of course, we have Jillian on today. And I right. was like, ooh, if we had an opportunity to uh, interview Coach and see what he ooh. dreamt about last night. But he might be a tad busy today. He might be having some nightmares. He might be a little scared. I don't know. He's a pretty sharp cat. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's uh, I think he's ready to go for today. Oh, you're so yeah. adorable. And you're right. We have the lovely opportunity of interviewing Jillian Holloway. Mm-hmm. She's the author of four books on dream analysis and a university instructor at Merrill Hurst University near Portland, Oregon, where she teaches groundbreaking courses on dream psychology and intuition research. She's also doing online courses, and she has a some courses that are going to be out and about um, coming up very soon. She'll tell us all about it on reoccurring dreams, because those are kind of the scary ones, the ones that keep coming back and haunt you a little bit, or maybe you're not even dreaming them, but you remember them. So welcome to the show, Jillian. Oh, thank you, Marie. It's always exciting to talk to you again. No kidding. It's lovely to have you. So reoccurring dreams, you know, these ones that people have over and over and over again, is it a sign of a lot of stress and anxiety, or is there just multiple reasons why a person could be having that? You're right. There are multiple reasons why we have recurring dreams. And some of them are trying to resolve something from the past, um, get us some closure, or point out what we're not seeing Mm. in a problem or situation. A lot of people have dreams that they've lost something, like their car or their wallet or even their laptop computer. Wow. And those are usually indicators that you've gotten into a situation where you're kind of dropping the ball, you know, or losing sight of what's important to you because you're scurrying around trying to please the new boss or or some situation like that. So those can actually be, even though they're stressful, I consider them good reminders to kind of take a step back, collect yourself, take a deep breath, and then focus on what's important to you as well as what you're trying to achieve in the situation. Wow. So you've done, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of research and interviews of f- f- discovering all kinds of information about dreams. 
Oh, absolutely. My take on dreams is that we need to find out what's going on with the dreamer, not take a theory from psychology or even from history or mythology and try and paste it onto the person's life. I think in some sense that that has been helpful, but it's also held us back because people can't relate to those theories. But if we find out, well, what's going on in your life? What's the stressor? What, what's your goal right now? Or what's the big issue that's coming up for you? Then we can connect to the dream in a way that's meaningful and actually useful. Hmm. In your book, you um, write about how to recognize what dreams are the ones you need to focus on because you say that we sometimes dream over 150,000 dreams in a lifetime. Oh, that's an estimate, and it's really wow. hard to calculate, but yeah, that's an estimate. Wow. And so, you know, one of the things that to pay attention to is anything that you have strong feelings about, that a dream has evoked a lot of emotion from you, that that's something to pay attention to. Absolutely. Just like it is in waking life. If something fairly ordinary happens, but it leaves you with, it leaves you all stirred up, or it leaves you feeling sad for a reason you don't understand, um, those are markers for something that is connected to you in a real core way, in a real central way. And dreams tend to be rather connected with our our deepest desires and also our deepest fears. Mm. Um, You said also when there's a lot of visualization in a dream, you know, where it's very clear, the pictures are really beautiful, a lot of color, that that's a dream to also take note of? Yes. That's an important thing. If there's an alteration in the in the visual component of your dream, whether it's more colorful or more vivid or even kind of mystical looking, if it's different from your normal dream, kind of sit up and make some notes about that and try to pay attention. Mm. And do you think um, then writing notes down about the dream and asking yourself questions about it, you will unearth some subconscious information that you really need? Yes, that's a great way to do it. Also talking about it. Sometimes Mm. if you just say something out loud, it will strike you in a different way. You'll hear the words coming out of your mouth and say, oh, wait a minute, I know what this is about. Wow. People do that all the time when they're talking to me or when they're in a dream group. Wow. Wow. Um, You also say that the dreams that were really scary, like you can't even talk about them, it's so terrifying, those are actually very important dreams. They are, and the good news is that often we'll have a a high-intensity dream, a dream that kind of shakes you up, and that can be a memory trigger. It's not always an indicator that there's something terrible going on in your life or something that's going to be so bad you're not going to want to look at it or you'll wish you hadn't opened the can of worms, so to speak. That's not always the case. Often we'll have a stirring dream like that so that we will remember it and reflect on it and kind of chew on it. Mm. And what turns out to be the case is that shocking dreams are always important, but they're not always about something bad or negative. Mm. Um, And you also said if you're intellectually curious. So you may not be scared. Maybe it wasn't very vivid, but there's this curiosity that it's not leaving you kind of... Um, just this interest that you have in the dream that you awoke from. That's right. Uh, Talking about recurring dreams, a lot of times people have a dream that they're in a forest or in a jungle and a wild creature, you know, maybe a lion, maybe a tiger, maybe an elephant will come up and say, get on my back and I'll take you out of the jungle. So they're, in a sense, rescued by a magical wild creature. That's a typical recurring dream for young teenage girls. And if you think about it, they are swamped and bombarded by so many shoulds, you know, what to look like, what to do, how to catch a partner, all these things. 
And that's a time when they can get lost. And I think that dream is telling them, you know, pay attention to your center. And that is what will get you out of the woods Mm -hmm. in this particular situation. Mm -hmm. And then you believe that we really should translate our dreams for ourselves. I do. I think the dreamer knows. You know how it is when you're listening to someone and your 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 gut will kind of go off and say, I think that's really true. I think that's meant for me. Or you'll say, you know what, there was something off about that, what that person just said. I can't put my finger on it. Well, that truth detector is what the dreamer should rely on as well when they know what's going on. Because after all, their deeper mind constructed this dream. They are the author of this mystery, so they already have the answer. Wow. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Absolutely beautiful. And when we're having that that knowingness response, we can feel it in our body. Um, you know, sometimes we get some sort of relief. You, you write about that as well. That's right. And often the agitation from the dream or that sense of, uh-oh, you know, I, don't, I have to know what this is about. It might be something awful. You'll feel a sense of calm come over you. Even if the news is a mixed bag, like you think, oh, you know what, I really don't like my job. I'm really not happy. I better start looking. That may not be the news you wanted to hear, but it will arrive in you with a sense of peace and a sense of calm, like, okay, now I know, and now I know what I need to do. So that's very often the case. Mm -hmm. What I like about your book, um, the one I have in my hand, one of four, of course, the complete dream book, um, based on a database of over 28,000 real dreams, which is amazing. You do have some categories, but there's not a ton. You know, like you pick some of the most, uh, perhaps the, the common link that some people may have so that they can get an idea of what the dream may relate to. Mm-hmm. But you're, you allow that person so much individuality in the interpretation of their dream, which is fascinating. And you're talking here, um, one of them, because I've had many dreams about losing teeth, mm-hmm. and so have two of my children. So, um, And it's, it's fascinating about, really, are you speaking your truth? Are you, you know, is there a betrayal thing going on? Can you trust who's around you? All of these things where I'm just waking up so grateful that when I look in the mirror, I actually have teeth <laughs> left in my face. Yes. It's a really scary dream, actually. <laughs> it is. It's one of the most common dreams, really? uh, recurring dreams. Yeah. And it's horrifying, but it is usually related to some kind of question where we feel pressured to make a compromise for the short term. We forget we've made that compromise, and then we're stuck with it for a while. <laughs> and once you get into that feeling like, oh, shoot, I'm stuck, then the dreaming mind starts to say, yeah, and part of you is being eroded by this compromise. Wow. So much so that you're dreaming that your teeth are falling out of your face. Yes. It is an amazing thing that the dreaming mind tends to make emotional or psychological or intellectual issues into a physical problem or condition in our Mm. dreams. That is amazing. Do you think that's because we're in physical form and so we pay attention to what's happening to us physically? Well, that's part of it, Marie, definitely. I think there might be a biological component as well, since almost all mammals have a dreaming process. I think it may uh, be is that in the dream state we're real connected to our creaturehood. And so part of our symbolic language reverts to the physical. So all mammals dream? All except a couple of oddballs like the duck build platypus and the spiny anteater. But other than that, as far as we've been able to discern and, and measure, 
all mammals do have a dreaming process. They've got a rapid eye movement process. Right. I've seen my cats. You know, I, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, they must be chasing something in their dream. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because their face gets very active. You know, I can see that their eyes are rapidly moving underneath their lids, and they start to make funny noises. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious, wow. really. Yeah. Wow. What is one of your most famous um, stories that you have, or, or I shouldn't say famous, but something that really, it could be that too, but something that y- you can't you know, let go of in terms of a dream that you've um, analyzed for someone? Well, I think the dreams of, you know, we all have our stress dreams, mm-hmm. but I think the dreams that move me the most are those where the dreamer has an encounter with their own spirit. Um, and whether you want to use the word spirit or soul or self with a capital S like Jung used, um, it's the part of you that's the bigger you. And often those encounters occur with a wild animal, like I mentioned. Um, an elephant or a whale is often emblematic or, or representing the dreamer self. So those dreams where a person just watches the whale coming up from the bottom of the ocean and up, 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 up through the water, towards the light, through the air bubbles and breaking through and cresting through the water with this big rush of excitement. And that's all there is to the dream sometimes, just the seeing a whale and watching it break through. But the person may wake up crying, they may wake up euphoric, and that's an indicator that they've had this encounter with their own larger self. Wow. And I think those are are mystical experiences, and I think they're also meant to encourage us. Because when that happens, the person is usually at a turning point, um, coming out of a bad relationship, coming out of abuse, coming out of uh, recovering from addiction, a, a whole gamut of things. But when you encounter that larger self, it's a sign like, hold on, you're almost through the worst of this, and you're going to come back to life. Wow. Wow. That's, that must be really fun to sit with someone as they tell you because you can feel their emotions because it's so real for people when they remember a dream or they're moved by one. It's, it's very real for them. It is even more real, Marie, than real life, so to speak. I have people tell me that all the time. I want to talk about this dream because it was more real than my waking life. Wow. And that's an indicator of its importance. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Um, Dr. Holloway, she is a popular guest on radio and television. She's a veteran of more than 400 interviews, including ABC's 2020. Her work with Dreams have been featured in Self, Health Magazine, Cosmopolitan, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. Her research into recurring and anxiety dreams has spanned more than 20 years, and she has amassed a database of 30,000 dream cases. Her books are endorsed by leading therapists and are um, very popular. So we'll be right back. Join Marie in Portland, Oregon for two energy healing book talks and a healing workshop. The first book talk is on Thursday, October 2nd at 7 p.m. at New Renaissance Bookshop. The second book talk is on Friday, October 3rd at 7 p.m. at Ohm Base Yoga Studio. Then on Saturday, October 4th, Marie will return to Ohm Base to teach a four-hour workshop on connecting to guidance and deepening your relationship with the universe. For more information and to register, visit the events page at energyintuitive.com. Hi, 
I'm Kelly Clarkson, and I've toured the country dozens of times, and there's one thing I see everywhere, childhood hunger. The sad truth is that 17 million kids struggle with it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers up surplus food and gets it to hungry kids. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We live in a world that's become predictable. Our realities are filled with distractions, hopelessness, and confusion. We've begun to lose touch of what we're truly capable of. It's time for us to regain our true potential. Join psychic medium and crystal child, Lindsay Paul, as she connects to the other side and brings back messages from beyond. Along with her psychic and skeptic, Abraham DeWeese and indigo child, Sarah Ellis. They'll help you soar to new heights by answering your questions. Don't miss Wisdom Within Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. You wanted to be a teacher when you were little, but as you grew up, things changed. Teaching just didn't seem like the best option anymore, so you decided to become something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Interesting and innovative things are happening in teaching today, so it's time to put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Manifesting dreams into reality is meant to be exciting and easy. When the tools you use stop working, a lack of self-worth is most likely holding you back. Marie's Affirm Your Worth cards are the perfect solution to increase self-appreciation while magnetizing your dreams into reality in a nurturing and fun way. Order the Affirm Your Worth cards online at energyintuitive.com or call 425 825 Five six seven one. Get your smile on with Alternative Talk eleven fifty. And welcome back to the show, Jillian Holloway, who's a professor in a university in Portland, Oregon, and the author of four books on dreams. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So what about if you don't remember your dreams very well? You know, that's perfectly normal, Marie. About 50% of us don't remember our dreams on a regular basis, but we're still dreaming, and we still get a, a great benefit from the dream process in terms of processing our emotions, moving through problem-solving scenarios, and kind of seeding ourselves for the day to come. So you still get a great benefit from all those rehearsals. Dreams seem to be getting us ready for the next big thing in our lives on an ongoing basis throughout the lifespan from childhood right to the very end. Well, I think that is such a beautiful way to look at dreams. I, I always think that when we're when we fall asleep at night, our energy leaves our body and goes off to other dimensions to be recharged. Mm-hmm. And, and so that makes wonderful sense about preparing for our life and our choices, our passions, for resolving things, for Um, having an an awakening experience that transforms us. That's beautiful. Yes, I agree with you. In fact, uh, I I got a book out of the library on how to have an out-of-body experience Hmm. last year. Um, I can't remember the author. Oh, I think it was Monroe. And I, I put the book on my bedside table, and I didn't even read it. And that night, I popped out of my body, apparently. I thought, that was a pretty good book. I didn't even have to read it. <laughs> Just put it under your pillow and it all works out. It's downloaded. Oh, it's working. Yeah. 
Well, Jillian is an excellent analyzer, obviously, for dreams. So if you're out there um, in radio world and you've had a dream on your on your mind that has been bothering you or you're curious about or interested, um, please feel free to call into the show. And what numbers can people use, Benny? Sure, we can uh, do the normal number here, I guess, right? Or are we going to... Yeah, we have both. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's do uh, 877-825-8825. <laughs> One more time, just so everyone has it. 877-825-8828. Wonderful. Uh, so, so 50% of the population doesn't remember their dreams? That's right. And it's just a personality trait. And the Mm. busier you are, Uh. the more you tend not to remember your dreams. So if you take a nap or if you have one morning a week when you can sleep in, that's a great time to try and target and set yourself up to remember (laughs) a dream. Yeah, I don't remember my dreams. I remember like a handful of them. Well, maybe up to 10 now dreams that um, have moved me, you know, extraordinarily, and I remember them still today. And I often actually even think of them, which is really weird. But I wake up in the morning and go, "Oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> jump out of bed." I, yeah, I literally don't recall them, which is um, fine. But I didn't realize fifty percent—that's a huge percentage. It is, it is, and a lot of people like yourself, Marie. You obviously are living your your mystical and psychological and spiritual wavelengths are incorporated in your daytime. So you're sort of living your dreams. And I do encounter a lot of people who have that capacity as well. And some of them don't remember their dreams. And it's almost as if they don't really need to because they're, they're living on so many levels while they're awake. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. So kind of a popular dream in adolescence is um, when you're burying a dead body. Yes. Now that sounds really terrible. A lot of people contact me about that one because they think, well, what if I killed someone and I just blocked it out and I keep having this dream? It's like a vestige of the crime. That's so funny. People actually think that? Well, you know, it crosses their mind because we've watched so many movies and... Um, so we all know how to bury a dead body because we've seen it on television. That's right. We know about, you know, you got to get rid of the the evidence now from watching CSI. We know what to do. (laughs) Yes. And it is a a troubling dream, but it's fairly common and it tends to coincide with, guess who that dead body is? That's actually an aspect of the dreamer himself or herself. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. And that is like, you know, when you're a kid and people say, well, there's no point in trying to be a writer or a painter or a mystic, you've got to go become uh, a lawyer. Right, or a teacher, nurse. Yes, yeah. that's right. So we get sort of cut off. We we actually have our hopes amputated as a youngster. And some of that may be practically beneficial, but nevertheless, the psyche experiences at a, as a death. And again, remember I said everything gets turned into a physical image, if possible, in a dream. Oh. So we end up burying parts of ourselves. And I know that sounds weird, but it's really the way the dreams tend to to play out the story. And yet the body tends to pop up from time to time. You know, a hand will pop up out of the grave, so to speak. And it is a way of saying, it's it's an unsettling way of saying, you can't really kill your own talents. <laughs> I just, first of all, I think that's sad, you know, that we're, you know, banishing the dreams of our adolescent youth who, you know, our job is to help them to live their best selves. And I think it's fascinating, too, about the body being a representation of that dream, feeling lost, 
and, mm-hmm. or having to abandon it. And then the hand coming out. I mean, talk about a real horror show, you know, coming out of the earth mm-hmm. saying, but I'm not really dead. I'm alive. That's right. Wow. That's, That's amazing. right. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> I, I know one of my brothers um, had a dream that he, he didn't have a dream that he was burying a body or that he killed someone, but that someone that he loved was shot right in front of him and died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are, those are horrible because, of course, in the back of our mind, people think, well, what if, I'm, what if this is going to come true? What if this is a premonition? Mm-hmm. What should I do? How can I know? Right. Um, and on and on. But again... Death tends to represent an ending, and like a drive-by shooting type of thing would be a real abrupt ending. And there's two probabilities statistically with that type of dream. One is that it represents a side of your brother that just got shockingly attacked, and one is that it represents someone he knows. And usually by talking about the dream a little bit, you can get a feeling or the dreamer can get a feeling as to which of those probabilities is the case for them. And it's something to keep in mind for the listeners. If you have a really shocking dream like that, that's a surprise, you know, someone gets stabbed in the back, someone gets shot, those are often about shocking incidents that happened within the last 24 hours. Oh, wow. So if you get told, okay, everybody in your department could get laid off, we'll let you know later this week, (laughs) boom, that is like a drive-by shooting. And that's often the type of a dream that a person will have after that shocking news. Wow. Well, that's good to know. I will definitely let him know. It was a few years ago, but I'm sure he's going to remember every moment of it. And we do have a caller on the line. Who do we have, Benny? Let's give out actually the number first, 877-825-8828. Again, the number is 877-825-8828. And we are discussing about dreams today with Jillian Holloway. And uh, we'll take Laura calling in from Oregon. Laura, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, Laura. What's your dream? Well, um, I'm in my 50s, and I tend to have a recurring dream about once a week about that I haven't finished high school. Mm-hmm. And I end up as an adult going back to my previous high school or a new location, a new high school, and needing to finish some credits to move on. And uh, it's very distressing because I have a master's degree <laughs> and it wasn't really um, any problems as a student. And so I just, uh, it's puzzled, puzzled me. Yes. Well, I'm really glad you called in about this, Laura, because... Um, it's a very common dream. School dreams, there are about five of them, and they're all recurring. They tend to be the predominant anxiety dreams in the United States and Canada, and they're usually coming to people who are well past their educational years and who have been very successful students. So it's not at all about, you know, you having dropped the ball and somebody's gonna, you're going to get that phone call saying, whoops, we're going to withdraw all your credentials now because you screwed up in algebra. That's absolutely not what's going on. What people do associate this dream with, though, is something that they intended to do earlier in life for themselves, not for an academic requirement, for themselves, that got postponed or put on the shelf or lost in the stream of life, and now would be a good time to to kind of return Mm. to that and give yourself the opportunity to explore that side of your life, whether it's a talent, an ability, returning to the church, you name it. It, It's different. That part is different for each individual. But the message of the dream is 
remember that thing that you forgot? It's still there for you, and this would be a wonderful time to let yourself have it. Wow. Okay, Laura, do you know what that is? Well, I, I work in healthcare, and I've always been part of big healthcare systems as a nurse practitioner, mm. and, and I'm really um, wanting to be independent practitioner mm. with people at end of life. Mm. And I've, I've done it connected with different healthcare systems, but not as my own in the community to set up a, a healing center or a transition center to be available to people uh, for that purpose. And so it, it's something I've thought about and written about and kind mm. of done everything but take steps to do it. So uh-huh. I, it's really pretty clear. Is, is that, Phil, um, is that typically what it would be, something of that nature? Jillian? Yes, because I do it, like yeah. I mentioned, I do it within big healthcare systems in the Portland right. area. Um, right. But I always reach a level of frustration with, with being held back or being um, mm-hmm. managed by the system in a way that I can't practice mm-hmm. to a level that I feel comfortable doing. So, mm-hmm. Well, I'd encourage you, Laura, to explore that. And sometimes we want to do something and the form isn't available to us because of logistics or timing or legalities. But the essence of what we want is available to us. And sometimes it takes a little creativity to realize, you know what, I may not be able to make a living at something, but I'm going to do it as a very, very serious hobby and pursue it as far as I can take it. So you're going to have to be creative and realistic at the same time. But this is something that you don't want to let go of because I think it's not just something that you desire. It might be part of your life plan, so to speak. Well, you mentioned essence, and I really feel that's a a great um, expression of, what it is I know that I can do, but I just haven't been able to get the setting right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so being able to, to take the big leap and, and just do it, just start it mm-hmm. and just see what happens is mm-hmm. just what I, what I try to, try to um, encourage myself to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that that is something that your dreams are trying to tell you. And you might even, as you go to sleep at night, say, you know, if I'm right about this, if I got the message right, would you show me some next steps? Would you oh. help me implement this? Because your dreaming mind is there for you. Wow. I, I, th- I think that's a wonderful question to ask yourself, and especially in Laura's case where it's, it's something about her work and her creativity, because she could get the answers in her dreams. She absolutely could get some marvelous clues, and uh, often it's, simpler than we make it, especially the more heartfelt a desire is, the more we tend to complicate it for some reason. Mm, wow, interesting. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Overthink things, and rather than just try and, and start in, I feel like everything has to be in place. Mm-hmm. And something missing or something not, not coming forward, I just feel stuck. So, okay, yeah. I'll work on it. All right. Wonderful. Well, good luck to you, Laura. Thanks so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. the radio show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoy it. You know, I think that when we're working with passion and dreams and desires, it's like you can't really figure it all out. You can't. And there are so many taboos, as you know, Marie. I always tell people the closer you get to your sacred voice, the more the taboos and the little uh, munchkins and gnomes jump out to scare you. Right. Your ego goes, no, don't do that. You know, it's so afraid of extinction or not being utilized that it tries to scare the heck out of you. And yet those that's actually a sign that you're on the right track and you need to stay positive, move forward, and, and put those gnomes off to the side. 
That's right. Those are indicators you're close to the finish line. Absolutely. So now I want to talk about condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was a good segue. Because <laughs> yeah. you have you know, information in here about that. You said, right from the, you know, aside from the obvious reasons why you would have a dream about condoms, um, you know, to prevent, um, you know, uh, pregnancies. But there are other reasons why we would dream about condoms. Oh, yes. The whole idea of protection. Um, and barriers against intimacy or, you know, getting into intimacy gradually. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm just talking, really, we're more afraid of the emotional intimacy than we are sexual intimacy these days. Right. That's where you might get hurt or crushed or abandoned. And so um, often condoms can represent, you know, I'm taking my, I'm keeping my guard up as I, you know, at the same time, you want to be open to something, you also have your guard up. Mm. And um, that's typ- that's a typical uh, symbol in dreams these days. Wow, that's fascinating. And so really, when a person's having a dream about condoms or latex or something of that nature, it, they're afraid of their vulnerability. That's right. And often, you know, there are good reasons why we're afraid. Mm. But the dreaming mind can can reference something and make it almost silly or over the top, like a cartoon, to let you know, hey, you might just be overdoing this just a tad. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I mean, I haven't dreamed of condoms myself, um, and I, I, I believe everyone needs to work on vulnerability because I think it's the true essence of power, you know, to be able to really feel safe in one's vulnerability is quite amazing, actually. Um, but I love the humor about it, you know, like waking up from a dream and going, okay, I had that silly dream about condoms again, and it's really just my vulnerability you know, trying to make it more humorous and trying to help me to relax so that I can open myself up. Yes. It's a, you know, it's a tricky thing, and especially after any kind of trauma, you know, and a sensitive person is traumatized by normal life, really. Normal life experiences (laughs) crush their feelings. So um, the more sensitive you are, the more likely you're going to have what we would almost call post-traumatic dreams about regular life experiences. And that's perfectly normal. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or you're neurotic. But you can use them as guideposts to navigate and help you make decisions that you can feel comfortable with. Wow, that, that's amazing. So color, because a lot of people do dream in color, those who remember their dreams, actually has meaning, the the color that you would have predominantly in your dream has meaning. Yes, especially the way it plays out in dreams is you may have a beautiful field in front of you and one particular tree is crimson or bright red or there may be a, a dark shadowy landscape in front of you and the water in the in the lake is aquamarine or brilliant. It's almost like it's backlit in a movie. Mm. When a color stands out like you, that can be considered part of the message of the dream, that it's giving you that impression, which you you may remember for the rest of your life because it was so spectacular and vivid. Colors tend to, as you know, I'm sure you know all about this, colors tend to be um, emblematic or part of the symbolic language of our emotion. Mm. Wow. You write in here that you sometimes dream of blue creatures coming to inform you of information. Yes, the, the blue, <laughs> the blue people. <laughs> and um, a lot of people dream about light people. They're, mm. They can't make out what they are, but they're just made of light and they mm. convey messages and they seem very spiritual at the time. So 
if you have a predominant color or something so vivid in a dream, it's something to take seriously and just kind of take it at face value. It might be something that's speaking your your truth to you. Hmm. And then you also say to be aware of fluorescent colors. Because they are more of a mixed bag. Fluorescent colors that are so vivid tend to be man-made. And so sometimes people will have a dream of kind of a scorching orange color that is almost unpleasant. And that can, not always, but it can represent emotion that has been contaminated by a toxic situation. Mm. Oh, really? So a bright color could be something about something toxic in your life. It can be. Mm. And the key to, if, you're, if you've had a weird color in a dream, it's like, how did it strike you? Was it ugly? Was there something about it that was too vivid and artificial? Or was it beautiful in its own way? So your reaction to the color is really the most important thing. Wow, fascinating. Fascinating. So uh, you said over the years, um, you write this in your book, that you've slowly come to a conclusion that some dreams are characteristics of actual links to spirit and, and maintaining spiritual relationships, even if people are in other dimensions. I do believe that, Marie. I didn't start out uh, believing that, but you know how it is when you hear stories that people say, well, you're not going to believe me, but this really happened. And you can tell by the way they tell the story that it really happened, that it was real. And and so I've heard many, many cases of people hearing from their departed relatives, mm-hmm. for one thing, in dreams, and they're they're very, very real and heartfelt, and the landscape and quality of the dream is different, and the person awakens with that sensation that they've actually been with that person. I, know, I think it's so beautiful. I, I do believe that these dreams are real, too, that, you know, when we're in that lovely subconscious state, that um, people on the other side have feel that they have the opportunity to come into our awareness and communicate to us. Yes. I think that is the case. Now, not always. We dream about the dead sometimes, and we're dreaming about them. Mm. But it turns out that the dreamer can really tell the difference. Mm. I hear from people all the time that say, yeah, I dream about people I've lost. But sometimes I dream that they come into my room and they sit on the bed and we have this talk. And those are different. Yeah, it's very heartfelt. And they usually even help you with whatever's going on right now because they can sense you're worried about something or you miss them or you know, something profound is about to happen in your life, or, or even to prepare you for something. Yes, and very often, as you know, there will be more than one family member who receives that kind of visitation dream, hmm. uh, sometimes on the same night. Oh, my God. That's true, actually. Even, like, maybe someone is going to pass away, but nobody knows that that person is going to die. They're not sick, and they'll have a visitation right around the time of their passing. Yes, wow. that, that is not at all unusual. And um, when more than one family member you know, has that happen on the same night and then they get the phone call the next day, I think that's a pretty good indicator that, that we can rely on the stories that we've been told. Wow. So do you think it's possible you know, when people have these beautiful dreams about those who have passed on, do you think it's possible for them to take that energy into their waking state? Um, you mean and have additional communication? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. In mm-hmm. fact, that's what I call the cluster effect. Mm. For some reason, a lot of times the initial contact appears to occur in the dream state 
or the person will be visited in a dream. And after that happens, they will get little confirmation signs from the person. They will come upon something that they had put away, and it's now sitting out on the counter that belonged to the departed person. Or a a plant will be blossoming in winter. You know, we've all heard these stories of like, whoa, uh, that appear to be signs, confirmatory signs. And if the person takes it seriously, that appears to, in some way, enhance the continuity of the line of communication across the dimensions or across the world so that the departed can more easily um, make us aware of their presence. Wow. I I just think that's so beautiful that really if we allow ourselves to have more of those dreams and believe in them as a real experience, if indeed there was that emotional connection that you expressed about the difference between just dreaming about the dead versus having a visitation from a loved one, that we can actually then be in that place where we can see, hear, feel them, or, or somehow feel touched by their presence in our waking hours. Yes. That appears to be the case. And I don't know, I mean, you would know more about this, but um, it seems like there is actually a a communication highway that gets Mm. set up. Mm. And once it's set up, then they can communicate with us more easily. Wow. I I think that is amazing. I I really do. I I think that's absolutely wonderful. I had an experience, not in a dream, because I don't remember my dreams, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? But an experience where someone that I know who's departed um, had come to visit me to let me know that someone that I know was also going to be leaving their body. Mm-hmm. And and the when he expressed it to me, because one of the things I know about, you know, when you communicate with people on the other side, if there's something you're afraid of to hear or listen or see, you, you know, that, that creates a filtration. Probably, may, maybe that's why dreams, one of the reasons why dreams are so valuable, because the filtration is less. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're in this incredible, restful place that you, you can't push or hold things back. So all I knew was about the age of the woman and the color of her hair and, um, and that she was a, a family friend, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I, so I actually sat down with my children and said, so, you know, this person who they knew also, I said, came and told me that one of our friends with this color hair is going to pass away, a woman. And so my children were actually, because uh, I got the message from him that I needed to tell my children, which was very interesting, too. Mm. Yeah, they were younger than they are today. And so they started asking questions like, well, do you think it's this person? She was sick. I'm like, nope. And then we finally got to the person. And lo and behold, a few months later, she was diagnosed with a terminal disease and, mm-hmm. and passed away. And one of the things that happened during that, that three-month or whatever time period it was from her diagnosis to her passing is because my children knew she was most likely going to pass, um, they established a deeper bond with their family and her children mm-hmm. so that uh, it was an opportunity for us or for them, I should say, to create a great alliance so that their, her kids could have more support after she passed. Oh, so isn't think, that interesting? I think there are so many valuable experiences that we can have that could begin in our dream state or, you know, of course, be um, completely in our dream state. It doesn't matter, sleep or awake, who cares, mm-hmm. right? As long yes. as you get the information and you allow yourself to use it in your waking state in, in some capacity, it could be um, life-altering for for everyone. And I think that people on the other side are working really hard to help us. I know that you have a lot of helpers on the other side. Would you say that's true, Jillian? I often feel like I'm getting help, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, really, you have a lot of helpers on the other side, and um, they push you constantly. <laughs> um, I, I, I know I, I'm doing this little mini reading on you right now, but yeah, they push you constantly because you are very aware. You have a lot of consciousness, and um, they're trying to push you out of your comfort zone all the time to express more of your knowingness. It's really quite beautiful. Oh, thank you, Marie. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break here on the Raymenia Cherry Show. We'll be right back with Professor Jillian Hall. Holloway. Marie Manucheri will be holding a seminar in Hollyhock, Vancouver, entitled Discovering and Dissolving Blockages to Health. This seminar ranges from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. You may have had a time in your life when you desperately needed a new way to look at a situation in order to reduce conflict or create change. Shifting energy breaks away patterns and allows everything to become new. Within the birth of new energy, anything is possible even healing from a difficult disease. Join Marie for this two and a half day course to discover how to unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. For more information on how to register, visit our events page at energyintuitive.com. And again, this seminar will be in Hollyhock, Vancouver, British Columbia from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Mark Kurlansky, who talks about the lasting relevance of 1968, the year that rocked the world. On Saturday, we take a break and make way for Nebraska Cornhusker football. But we'll be back the following Saturday with more great guests, so it's only one Saturday off. Manson Mitchell, this week Friday at 10 a.m. and bringing you college football Saturday morning on Alternative Talk AM 1150. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books throughout the U.S. in 2014. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Would you like to be a Reiki master? Join Marie at the Hyatt House in Redmond, Friday, September 19th through Sunday the 21st. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to people at all levels of energy medicine healing knowledge. Completing the course will certify you as a Reiki 1, 2, and 3 practitioner. This is truly a transformative weekend. Enrollment is limited, therefore registration is required. For more information about the Reiki Master Workshop at the Hyatt House in Redmond, visit energyintuitive.com. Conscious living for conscious people. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Mary Manu Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Jillian Holloway. She's been a guest here before. She's an author of four books, and she's an expert on dream analysis. You can find out information on her at her website, 
lifetrex.com. And you're teaching um, also workshops and classes online around the world for anybody who um, is interested, and they can find all that information on your website as well. Yes. Actually, the website they want to check for the classes is called flashofspirit.com. It's all one word. And um, the class on recurring dream themes is coming up next week. And there are still some spots in that. So check it out and send me an email if you're interested. Oh, my gosh. I love the um, that website, too, Flash of Spirit. Wow. How beautiful is that? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's really gorgeous. So we have a caller. Who do we have? Yeah, we have time for one more before we end this show. Uh, it's Ellen calling in from Bothell. Ellen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I don't know if this question is best directed to Jillian or Marie. A couple of weeks ago, uh, in the early morning... Um, just before waking up, it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like someone said in my ear and they said, pregnant. And I'm in my mid-50s, so I immediately was completely awake. So um, I hope it's not me, but I just wonder. <laughs> I think this is for you, Jillian. It sounds like, you know, like the end of it, you know, you're waking up. You're still dreaming, right? Mm-hmm. You are. You yes. are. And you can have both visions and auditory uh, stimulation while, you know, you, woke, you wake up, you open your eyes, but they're still inside your mind, inside your brain. You're still doing the dreaming process a little bit. So it sounds like you were getting a message about something or someone being pregnant. Um, so it could be, obviously, someone in your life that you know who is going to unexpectedly be pregnant, but it's more likely to pertain to you. Yep. It's more likely to be a kind of a expectation in your life, like you have been seeded with some kind of potential, not a baby, but something precious to you in a way that is going to be coming through you. Uh, so I would say heads up on an inspiration or something that you want to do, you probably want to say yes to it rather than no. Wow. How does Ooh. that make you feel, Ellen? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I was nervous about calling. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow. That's that's just beautiful. Thank you. That's and, wow. And, and don't you think, Jillian, that nervousness is even pertaining to this, you know, the birth of something in your life that just really touches your soul and you have great talent for or what, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's this anxiety and excitement about it as well. I think so. Yes. We tend to almost get that fizzy feeling like effervescent inside and it can feel like nervousness, but it's also kind of anticipation. Mm. So Ellen, now you get to pay attention to all those things that are going to be coming up that you think, oh, I shouldn't do this, or no, I can't do that. And Jillian is recommending that you say yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Thank you so very much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for calling us. That is really quite lovely. Um, in your book, you talk about a story about a woman who was upset because her best friend at the office was turning against her just slowly, you know, being a little accusatory, unkind. She was feeling these just discomfort at work, and she had no idea what it was. And then she started to dream about it, and she was having these dreams that they were in this boxing match. They were wearing these funny gloves and kind of trying to punch each other out. (laughs) And then, uh, and the dream kept reoccurring. And then finally, um, the woman took off her gloves and said something about how she was jealous of her. Yes. This is a fascinating thing about dreams. And and it turned out that the coworker was um, experiencing almost 
uh, like sibling rivalry with this person. And it wasn't as dark or as strange as she had feared that it was. But in the dream state, this woman, she could receive the message of what was going on with the, with the kind of interpersonal dynamic there. That's one of the great things that dreams can do. They can clue us into information, whether you think it's coming from that person's deeper mind or whether you think it's just something you subliminally picked up on and your mind is presenting it in the dream. It almost doesn't matter because you get the truth of the situation more easily in the dream state. Right. And even though it's upsetting, you know, all my friends jealous of me, it's a whole lot better than thinking that, oh, this person doesn't like me anymore and and we're not going to be friends ever again. You know, people get envious sometimes of one another. And in this case, the woman was about to go back to college and marry the man of her dreams, and her friend was very envious of it. Yes. And of course, all of that is something that we don't, we don't have control over that. That happens in the shadows of our psyche. And so uh, probably the other woman wasn't aware of it either. It was something that was going on in a deep level. Oh, wow. Right. Like she was just being a little edgy and unkind, but she wasn't even aware of it. Yes. Wow. Okay. This is just so important that we pay attention to our dreams. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They're invaluable. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. Yeah, because then we can have a talk with that person if we want to or or not be affected by their harshness. And because it could just over, you know, it could boil over after a while. They could start to feel happy for us or, you know, resolve it within their own dreams that they're having at night. Yes, it's a great opportunity to say, it's kind of like a, a, you know, harmless, no foul way to say, you know, this funny thing happened. I had a weird dream about you and I, can I tell you about it? And you can introduce the conversation that way. And if it doesn't go well, you can just turn it into a joke because it was only a dream (laughs) after all. But if it it opens the door, then you can have a heart-to-heart talk. I think you've done this many times with your dreams. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a great, I, I've never thought of it that way, but it's a great segue to get into, to allow that vulnerability to occur, you mm-hmm. know, to allow yourself to be in that space, but with that protection of a dream, because unfortunately not everyone's taking dreams very seriously, but yet they are really a serious and important aspect of our life. They are. They are very connected to our, our absolute truth and the true story of your life, which we often don't take seriously and we're not even aware of sometimes you know one of I think the first dream that I remember I was uh, 19 years of age and I had a dream that a very vivid one I have a lot of blue in my dreams but I was on the back of a horse a man was you know on the horse I was behind him holding him and I'm wearing a veil and he's dressed kind of like a Middle Eastern man and we're in the desert on this horse and I met and married a Middle Eastern man a few months later Oh, my. So, yeah. So our dreams are telling us things all the time. They're really powerful. They are. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again, Jillian. It was lovely to have you. And everyone, please go to flashofspirit.com. Sign up for her classes. You will love them. They're going to help you resolve things, move forward. It's like getting therapy, paying attention to your dreams. It is. Thank you so much, Marie. It's a delight to talk to you always. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day in Portland. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Joyful blessings. Bye-bye.